This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. Yes, my name is Brandon and today I am without my co-host Josh because he is now with child as he's been uh, teasing on this podcast forever. But fortunately, I am graced with the presence of my good friend Stephen Schaller who is joining me all the way from the great Midwest town of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Stephen, how are you doing today? Um, great. Uh, first time co-host, long time listener. Um, Steven, should, yeah. we talk, should we talk about the first time we met? Sure, why not? I remember it like it was a Phil Collins song. So the two of us were at this uh, soccer nerd convention in Brooklyn that, uh, hosted by Men in Blazers, which I, I feel like people, in at least in the UK, probably have heard of Men in Blazers. So anyway, they, they had a setup in which you could play FIFA at an Xbox station, and I was playing FIFA, and then I turn around uh, after playing the game, and I see you. And your and your mustache, and you're talking with Josh, and you're wearing this corduroy blazer, and it was like everything went into slow motion. And I said, "Yeah, who's that guy? Do you remember? Do you rem- are you remembering it the same way I do, Stephen? Uh, well, it was a tweed blazer, uh, but other than that, yeah. I think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> All right, so Stephen, tell us a little bit about yourself. You live in Milwaukee. Uh, we met in Brooklyn, but you are a you are a big fantasy premier league guy but not in the way that listeners to always cheating really know uh yeah so um we just moved to milwaukee at the beginning of june we were living in brooklyn that's how you and i became uh such close friends uh through our uh weekend watching every week pretty pretty much uh yeah we only just text now back and forth but we shared a mutual we shared a mutual hatred of a particular bartender at a football bar in our neighborhood that we will not name on this podcast (laughs) um terrible service uh yeah so um i have a fantasy platform um for fantasy premier league um it's a draft style um so slightly different than 
the official game. Um, so unique teams where you go through and have a, uh, you know, you select players at the beginning of the year with all your league mates. And once a guy's taken, he's taken and, um, that sort of thing. So that is it's like a monogamous fantasy game. Isn't that right? <laughs> no infidelity allowed. Um, although I do have like five teams, so it, there's lots of infidelity <laughs> going on. Um, yeah, so that's called Roto Premier League. Um, and you know, I've done the, I've done the official game a few a few times, and I uh, you guys reignited my love for it. Um, so I'm back in it this year. So I feel um, like as we go through the podcast, you're gonna like you basically sent like I send you questions about your draft league as you send me every weekend questions about like wait what now how does the FPL work so I think we'll probably pepper the podcast with a few Stephen what now questions you might call them <laughs> I mean we're, we're each other's consigliere <laughs> so uh-huh. Stephen I was looking at your FPL team earlier today and uh, a I really like your team name other people's Mane. Uh, you're a Liverpool fan, a huge I am. Liverpool fan. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm. Yeah, they are the team that affects my emotions every week. <laughs> Actually, I mean, if there are some hardcore Liverpool fans out there, they might have heard your voice on the Anfield Rap podcast. You're on there earlier this season talking up the Roto Premier League. Yeah, um, those guys are uh, have been really good partners with us. Um, they're doing a weekly podcast. Uh, basically uh, based on our kind of category style scoring, which is a little bit different than the other draft sites that are out there. Um, so yeah, they've been a great partner. And so we, um, I got a few, few minutes to talk with them and um, they're a whole lot of fun. Um, I haven't actually listened to their podcast this year. <laughs> oh, I, though. I, listen, I listened to it, Stephen. You sounded great. <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself. All right. So uh, at first I noticed your team name is Other People's Mane. And uh, next I noticed that you hail from the country of American Samoa. I had no idea. Do you actually carry an American Samoa passport? <laughs> uh, I do not. It just seemed like it would be a good way to inflate my, uh, my standings. Um. <laughs> that's, that's actually a really good point. So I see Stephen. Let's see. We'll, we'll get to our game week scores a little bit later in the pod. Crack, the, uh, crack the top 52 this week. Yeah. So your overall rank is 851,609. But in America, American Samoa, you're 52. That's just like, that's incredible. I believe Tim Cahill is from American Samoa. uh, And they are uh, famously, American Samoa, uh, famously lost to Australia 31 to 0 in a World Cup qualifying match. Oh, yeah. If anybody's looking for an amazing soccer documentary or football documentary, look up Next Goal Wins, which is all about this American coach who goes to this small island to train this ragtag Bad News Bears team. And this is a real team. The same team you're saying, Stephen, that lost like 31 goals to nothing. Uh, And uh, it's called Next Goal Wins, and it's about them actually trying to win their first international match. And I gotta say, I, I uh, got a little dusty in the room when I was watching it. <laughs> There's also a book called Thirty One Nil that I bought and never read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, like on my, all, it's on my, like all great football books, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Stephen. The last interesting thing about you, and that's pretty much where it ends, is that you have <laughs> you have a child. Like Josh now has a child, as do you. And so, Josh, we we had to have him here in spirit. And he's asking an icebreaker question for us. So he's, he's asking you directly, Stephen. Do you have any advice for a new father still hoping to watch 
his customary 10,000 hours of games per year. Uh, so how, yeah, you how know, do you do it? Do you feel like your, <laughs> your habits were made to change drastically when you became a father? Well, when we lived in New York, um, we had a nanny, uh, in part because my wife is a rabbi and works Saturday mornings, um, which happens to be the time that most games are. Um, and because it is my job as well to watch soccer, I, we had a nanny. Wow. <laughs> Don't you know. are, uh, you are, I will dub you now, Stephen, the official rabbi of Fantasy Premier League. You heard it here first and always cheating. Okay, so Saturday um, mornings are a big deal in the Schaller household. So, um, yeah, so, so that kind of helped. Uh, I would say also, though, uh, some more uh, practical advice, because I don't think they'll be hiring a nanny specifically so that Josh can watch soccer. Uh, that you would know, be wild. <laughs> that would be wild. That's power. A newborn is actually really easy to, um, you know, you just have to situate the chair so that they're not exposed to the television set. But for the most part, they're going to be sleeping 18 hours a day. So you got at least a good few months. I'd say you could probably make it through April in terms of, um, you know, uh, maybe May. Uh, in ter- <laughs> okay. in ter- Hopefully through the rest of the season, right? Yeah, I, 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 think, I think he'll be okay uh, for the most part. Um, you have to have a very understanding wife as well. Um, but uh, it's, not so much, it's not so rough the first few months. Our little guy's walking around at the moment. So, um, and we do not have a nanny for Saturday morning. So um, well, I, it's a lot more I, difficult these days. I do want to echo this, Stephen, that it's all down to your partner because I don't have a child, nor will I have a child anytime soon, and that's not because I have some sort of physical deformity. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're a sports fan, let alone a uh, Premier League fan, it, it takes a lot of patience on the part of your partner to just deal with the, uh, just the insane nonsense, like me yelling the C word at the TV screen at uh, <laughs> 10 I- o'clock on a Saturday morning. When I first got together with my now wife, um, she gave me an allowance of one team. And I thought about taking uh, the Brewers, who are my hometown baseball team, uh, which is the longest season, and they play every day. But I took Liverpool, um, and uh, I think she regrets ever giving me that option. Well, you never walk alone, Stephen. <laughs> All right, so we can't talk about babies this whole freaking podcast. We uh, uh, And we have to move on to something that... I know something about, and actually, I was delighted. So we're Americans, Stephen. You're American, right? I mean, you're American, I'm American Samoa. Samoa. <laughs> okay, yeah. Josh is American. We're a bunch of Yanks. We're sort of uh, carpetbaggers when it comes to the Premier League. But news broke just this morning. We're recording this on Monday. That Bob Bradley, great American from Montclair, New Jersey, is named the first American Premier League manager uh, ever, and. I I just couldn't be well. I don't know if excited is is quite the right word. I mean, just look at a picture of Bob, Bob Bradley, <laughs> and excitement is not really the first word to come that comes to mind. He looks but we like the few, Silver Surfer. <laughs> he does. He does look like a he. He looks like a Silver Surfer who uh, worked for like a like a a brick masonry union or something <laughs> like that. We He's got, got so an we got, icy glare. <laughs> We got a couple of questions from our listeners. Nick Edge tweeted us, with Bob Bradley taking over at Swansea, what can the Premier League and FPL expect? And also my good friend Colin from Edinburgh uh, sent us this message on Facebook. Be interested on any info on the style of Bob Bradley. Do you rate him? So looking at uh, Swansea, I mean, uh, Swansea FPL prospects, 
are, are kind of not enticing anyway you slice it. Um, but does Bob, what does Bob Bradley bring to that team that might actually uh, change them in the next month where we might be considering guys like Gilfie Sigurdsson again or even Leroy Fur? Do you, I mean, do you have an opinion on this man? Um, I do have an opinion on this man. I, it's funny. I when I read the news today, it kind of I I had to think about what my opinion actually was because it's such a it's a bit of a left field um, decision. And you know, everybody today is saying you know American ownership bringing in like a, an American manager who really doesn't have that impressive of a CV, at least in terms of the professional game. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to not take the cynical look at it. Like I'm always thinking about this when. Uh, guys like DeAndre Yedlin get bought up by Spurs. Is that just a marketing chip? Like they're going to, Spurs are going to in- increase their fan base in the States, sell a bunch of Yedlin jerseys, and then he gets passed around uh, as a marketing chip all around England. And I, I you do, I, I don't know if it's Swansea needs that ploy to get some American fandom. You know, I mean, every manager is going to come with a lot of risk, and he has done some interesting things in his professional managerial career, um, and he's actually had some pretty good success at the national team level. Um, you know, the thing about Bob Bradley, um, uh, a friend of mine is uh, was the first GM of the Chicago Fire, and he knows Bob Bradley well, and we are talking about him. Whoa, uh, no big deal. Chicago <laughs> Fire in the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sold uh, sold Carlos Bocanegra to your Fulham, actually. Yeah, yeah, and Brian McBride went through. Well, I think he landed at fire after his Fulham career. but uh, I think that's correct. Yeah, so there's a Fulham-fire so, connection. Man, if there we is could a get Fulham. Bradley at uh, Fulham, that would be, that would be top. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we were talking about Bob Bradley, actually, a couple of months ago. For some reason, I'm not sure what the top, why, why he came up, but... Um, because Bob Bradley never has never struck me as really a tactics guy. Um, he's not uh, his, you know, he's not certainly not on the level of the top Premier League managers. But what he does bring to the table, aside from you know the the shakeup, um, you know, he's gonna everybody at Swansea is now gonna get a fresh look. I mean, a guy like Neil Taylor, who was a staple in the Swansea yeah. team the last bunch of years, clearly had a problem with. You know, uh, Guido Lean, uh, or at and least Neil Taylor was a staple. He was a staple of a lot of guys, uh, F- guys and gals FPL teams, too. Yeah, uh, he had a four four point five price bracket fits real nicely into your back line. <laughs> totally, uh, he's not a bad player. I mean, he he's, he he creates a little bit. I mean, he pretty much gets a yellow card every game. But um, but you know, guys. But but <laughs> just to get back to what you were saying about Bob Bradley not being a tactics guy, I I. I agree. He's more like a project manager in, in that great, like, American capitalist sense. But let's so let's just run through his CV. And I think by looking at what Bob Bradley has done, uh, we'll get a sense of what to expect. So U.S. men's national team, uh, after he had his stint in Major League Soccer, he actually helped us win our group in World World Cup uh, 2010, in which we uh, tied England 1-1, that, that famous Rob Green uh, howler uh, that let, he let Clint Dempsey's outside shot in. I believe the headline was, U.S. beats England one to one. So, uh, but I think the real headline here with that World Cup is that we lost to Ghana in the knockout uh, stages for the second World Cup in a row. And Bob Bradley ends up he 
everyone thought he was going to be the manager for the U.S. until World Cup 2014, but there was a disastrous Gold Cup final in which we blew a two-goal lead against uh, Mexico in 2011. He was ousted in favor of Klinsman. Now, to me, the most fascinating period of time for Bob Bradley is then he goes on a yeoman's search for <laughs> managerial status in Europe. And where, what is the gateway to that? Obviously, it's managing the e- Egyptian national team. He got lost in the desert, for sure. <laughs> so he he's managing Egypt when there was that insane Port Said stadium riot where people got locked in, and it was just like... 39 yeah, people died? Total. I, listen, I don't have total recall of the body count, Stephen. <laughs> I believe that. I believe 39 people died. A total freaking atrocity. Uh, uh, but uh, he ends up almost getting this Egyptian team qualified for World Cup 2014. But guess who Bob Bradley loses to in the third round of qualifying? Uh, Asamoah Gyan. <laughs> no, it's Ghana, Stephen. I have it written down here, right here in the running. Well, he's the, he was the striker for Ghana. He scored, oh, right. the, he, scored the, he scored the winner against us. <laughs> the, the, the point I'm starting to drive at here is if Swansea ever plays Ghana, then I would be concerned about Bob Bradley. Or say, yeah, it, like, Bob Bradley has to play West Ham when, um, uh, when uh, what's his name? Is, Andrew, Andre Ayew. When Andre Ayew is, is healthy again. But, yeah, I mean, he should actually probably sign uh, Michael Essien. Yes, yeah, he, he needs to fight fire with fire. Exactly. <laughs> So anyway, then he, he's managing these these twerpy little teams in uh, Europe, Stabæk and Norway, and then La Havre. He almost actually got La Havre promoted to Ligue 1 last season. But, uh, it yeah, was I mean, that was a out. crazy game. Weren't they down? They needed to win. I can't remember what it is. I probably should have researched this beforehand. But they needed to win by, like, six goals. And yeah, they they scored, I think they ended up scoring five goals. There was, yeah. there was a little match fixy. So, so this kind of gets back to what I, I, uh, we got sidetracked. I got sidetracked a little bit about Neil Taylor. I got very excited about his FPL prospects. Um, yeah, let's forget Bob. <laughs> let's get back to Neil. Dear old um, no, but Bob Bradley isn't a tactics guy. He's a guy that will, uh, you know, really get his players to play for him. Um, he's a very unifying force in the, in the locker room. Um, and I think that it's kind of an interesting situation at Swansea for him. I think it's kind of ideal in a lot of ways because they, by all accounts are facing a relegation battle this year. They didn't do a whole lot in the summer transfer window in terms of shoring up where they needed to. Um, they got rid of some key players for not a ton of money and they're going to be up against it all year, all year long. And I think that Bob Bradley kind of has a nice, narrative to play on you know it's us against the world kind of thing and that fits right into like his managerial strengths um so it'll be interesting to see what he does i mean there are some talented players there i don't think they'll necessarily become fpl relevant um but jefferson montero is a guy that you know that's a good point jefferson montero coming back from the dead i i loved him last season he just he drifted in and out of that starting 11 yeah, he dealt with some injuries, and then they just hit poor form, and he kind of was just not scapegoated, but he's a bit of a luxury player. He's not a guy that you necessarily – he's not a – I don't know. I he, I, I, I kind of see him maybe fitting into that Donovan uh, on the wing role a little bit. Um, he's got some goals in him. Super creative player, too. When he, you know, he's, he's a great athlete. Um I was looking at him today just out of curiosity. I mean, 4.5 million. Um, 
not sure that that's something that anybody's going to really want to buy at this point. But he is one of their more interesting kind of assets. How about this guy, Boria? Uh, he got his first 90 against Liverpool this weekend. You, did you, you must have watched that Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he looked like a bit of a stud out there. He's classed as a forward, priced at 6.9 and owned by nobody in FPL. <laughs> It's crazy that he's a six point nine. I, I, you know, I mean, he is. I'm sure he came, came in with a bit of a bit of a reputation. Yeah, well, I mean, he was a good goal scorer in Spain, um, and he is their record signing. Um, you know, he's yeah, been in Spanish connection with Lorente and, and <laughs> oh, yeah. Boria. It's it's going to be like some tiki taka stuff. <laughs> um, you know, he he missed like an absolute. I mean, not a sitter, but it was a very yeah. clear cut chance. Um, I mean, whatever. He's a little rusty. He hasn't played all year. Um, and and nearly, nearly an uncredited assist that uh, was throwing everyone who owned Firmino oh, yeah. for, for a loop who wanted uh, that extra bonus point that Angel Rangel was, was trying to steal. <laughs> oh, Angel, Angel Rangel? Angel Rangel. Yeah. All right, God, we, we cannot talk about Swansea What's this Swansea? whole podcast. But I, I just want to say, last thing about Bob Bradley, I heard this interview uh, with him where the inevitable question for a manager comes up where it's like, so what do you like to do when you're not thinking about talking about doing football? And he just <laughs> says, well, occasionally I like to have dinner with my wife, which to me just speaks to this guy does nothing but eat, sleep, dream about football. And occasionally his wife is like, I'm going to divorce you if you don't get some ravioli with me on Saturday <laughs> night. So uh, I, he's a real football man. I, I'm curious to see how he does. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, and his teams actually are quite a bit of quite a bit of fun to watch. Um, and at the very least it's a, it's an interesting storyline and, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Let's talk about game week seven, Steven. It's the week that was, and it's the only week we have because of the international break. Game week eight is like two, two long weeks away. Absolutely. Nobody gives a crap about this international break. I feel like it, everyone is really upset about it. Like more, more than usual, I think. I, um, I think that the first international break is the worst weekend of the year, just because, yes. you know, you just got started. Uh, but then it's everyone is just, you know, it, it's just hot trash. It's the worst. Well, yeah. Game week eight cannot get here soon enough because I had one of my worst FPL weeks in history. I ended up with. So the game, the game week average overall was 42 points. I ended up finishing with 31 points. It was just an unmitigated disaster Ooh. from an Ebra captaincy, which we'll t- we can talk about Ebra a little li- bit later on in the pod. Then Lalana goes out with a mysterious groin injury after about 15, 20 minutes. That was an epic disaster. Uh, Sam Vokes, you'll be shocked to hear, didn't get any points for me. Vokes Lagan. Vokes, yeah. We were we were texting. Uh, we were we were sending funny Sam Vokes texts to each other, and I came up with Vokes wagon because of my Farfig Nugan hashtag. And then you you claimed that the uh, the Vokes the Vokes bandwagon was was Vokes lagging. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he actually looked all right. I thought in his game, he obviously didn't do anything in terms of the final product. I mean, he actually missed. He did. a total sitter. He did. His problem, his problem in this game is he fatigued within a matter of about thirty-five minutes. Yeah, and he he was just not mobile after after about thirty-five minutes, and all he was good for at that point 
was hold-up play, and I was just praying that Burnley would win at least a corner kick so folks could maybe <laughs> get ahead on it. And it, it came close to making contact on a couple of corner kicks. Anyway, folks, uh, he, he continues to be an art project, um, and the only guy who ends up scoring points for me again is... Well, actually, actually that's not true. Kyle Walker comes in off the bench for me for a clean sheet, and uh, I did a like-for-like like swap... Uh, Ross Barkley for Theo Walcott. That was my transfer Ooh. for the week. And I have to I have to admit I was I'm really disappointed with I have to admit this. Like obviously I'm disappointed with 9 <laughs> points between Ozil and Walcott against Burnley, but uh we can talk about Burnley a little bit more. We're going to talk about defense in particular on our first key section of the pod, but I I think we now just have to plan if your team is playing at Turf Moor the odds of them scoring more than one or two goals is is pretty unlikely. I was really proud of uh, a pun I had come up with. Uh, I, I watched uh, most of that game. It was the third game on Sunday, which is, you know, like the seventh or eighth game I've watched at this point in the weekend. And I was kind of looking for an excuse to leave the house, and it was like the 77th <laughs> minute. <laughs> and I left, and it just didn't really look like anything was going to happen. I was like, oh, the Burnley constrictor. <laughs> this is a great joke I'm going to make on the podcast on Monday. The Burnley and then constrictor. There you go. You mean they got Burnleys out there this big? Am I allowed to make Ice Cube jokes from the movie Anaconda? Yes. That yes, is a I, niche Josh isn't joke. here. I can make all the stupid <laughs> jokes that I want. Okay, so I had a, a, a terrible game week, and I dropped an overall ranking down to uh, 262,000 territory. Uh, just, just awful. How, how did you, you did better than me, Stephen. Yeah, I've been, um, you know, I, I've, I kind of go back and forth between, I'm really kind of more interested in our head to head league than like my global slash American Samoa ranking. Uh, I I wonder what the prize is for getting first place in the American (laughs) Samoa league. I, you win a free trip to, um, God, I wish I knew the capital of American Samoa. Uh, putting you on the spot. We'll get you next time, Steve. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so I had, uh, I mean, it was felt like a disappointing week. Um, I put up 47 points, which, you know, when you look at the average, it's actually not so bad. Um, it's still disappointing. It, it's disappointing. I mean, you know, when you're captain, I captain Mane, um, which I tend right. to do. Um, I didn't have a good feeling about Ibrahimovic. I, that that uh, why is Thursday. so? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Thursday match Europa League um, is just uh, when I found out he was going to be starting when they they announced that on like Tuesday. It was like, you know, Mourinho said he was going to play both matches, and he, then he scored in the he scored in against. Uh, what was the name of that team? Uh, who who knows? Who cares? But the problem is he <laughs> scored in like the 90th minute, which means, yes, he played like the full match. And he he was like barfing at the end of their <laughs> last league match. This guy is, I, I don't know how he's going to last all 38 game weeks. Yeah. You know, going into the season, um, you know, I did the rankings for our site and I had him as the 17th player overall. And I got a lot of flack for that. I had him behind Benteke, um, and uh, it was a situation where, you know, he could score 27 goals this year. He could score six. You just yeah. don't know. I mean, he's an old, he's an older guy, whatever. You know, he just turned 35 yesterday or two days ago. Here's um, something I've been noticing, like just following Man United social media or any social media where they're showing um, 
pictures of Zlatan. Like, you just look for any old picture of Zlatan mid-game. He looks old. He's got, like, leathery skin, like, <laughs> bags under his eyes. He's he's a cool looking dude. Don't get me long wrong. Like yeah, I I'd trade my I'd trade one of my arms to have one of, one of Zlatan, Zlatan's arms on my left. But I don't think he could grow a beard like you, Brandon. Well, thank you, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> thank you very much. All right, yeah, so I mean, Eber, Eber, Eber stunk, but I I am amazed because of all the feedback we get on this pod and across the world. This feedback is pouring in. Where are the clean sheets, Stephen? You found them. <laughs> I did find them. Um, it took a long time, actually, before. I mean, I, I took about, I, you know, in my original team, I played my wild card, um, I think, week three, maybe, or maybe before week four. Um, and I had originally taken Bellerine in my uh, in my original selection, and uh, I was really starting to have my doubts. Um, yeah. The Arsenal defense looked porous. Um and then Kashelny was like a half million cheaper. And I was like, why don't I just take Kashelny? He's actually a goal threat. Bellerine doesn't seem to be getting forward much. They were still kind of figuring it out. I mean, that team had a lot of guys at the Euro, had a lot of guys at the Copa America. They brought in, I mean, they had dealt with two injuries right away um, with Murdersacker and Paulista. So they're still Which shaking things seems, out. Seems almost like by design, doesn't it? Like they're two worst central defenders. I mean, Rob Holding is is really high in my estimation, judged by that statement. Um, but it was almost by design. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was kind of, I think that when Murdersack got injured, Arsenal fans were probably like, well, you know, it's inevitable and it's time for some new blood. Um, but okay, so me- Bellerine is, is one thing, but you've gone, you've gone ham on Southampton. You've got... <laughs> You've got both Bertrand and Van Dyke. Van Dyke, who was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite players in the whole league. I know you guys were raving about him last week, and um, I kind of thought to myself, just like, yeah, he is a great player in real life, and just not really a great <laughs> fantasy player. It, yeah, but, I, I can't argue with that. He's not scoring but, any goals, right? When he when he first joined Southampton, he was he was bagging goals, you know, you know, at least on a monthly basis. Yeah, I mean, and I've been holding on to him just because uh, I feel like goals will be coming. I mean, he's a load on on free kicks, um, mm-hmm. or sorry, set pieces and corners. Um, and uh, I think that uh, he, sorry, the lights just <laughs> the lights just went out in here, and <laughs> that's amazing. I feel like I'm watching the Blair Witch Project right now. On our <laughs> well, I had to check call. to make sure that my internet was still on because all the lights went off in my office um and the cleaning staff is here and i think they're a bit <laughs> they're, t- they're telling you to get out <laughs> um i have 24 7 access here uh so van dyke yeah i think that i, I want to hold on to him until he starts i mean i think i you know what was what was satisfying was not only the clean sheet but he got uh you know three bonus, three bonus. points yeah 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 huge. which like you know, I feel like the bonus points are pretty well calculated. Um, it's always kind of interesting to see who's going to end up with them. Um, but, you know, he, he had a great game. I mean, he was just um, – he was all over the place. And so it's nice to see that player rewarded for those three points. So, yeah, I had three clean sheets in my starting lineup, and then I had one on my bench. And I won on my bench, Kyle Walker. But out of Liverpool lo- lo- loyalty, you've got Loris Carius in goal. And uh, that <laughs> – it's confession like time. I, I was looking money. at 
I was looking at Josh's team last week and I was like, oh man, he took, he transferred in curious. <laughs> I was like, that is a smart move. And I looked at him and his value was, I mean, he's 4.9. Yeah. He seems, you know, he's going to be the Liverpool keeper for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, for, and, for what reason? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, it looks like he's been watching tapes of uh, Simon Mignolet. <laughs> he I basically mean, do you, made, do you really dislike, I feel like, uh, listen, Simon Mignolet is not a saint. And he, he has made a few errors. But on the whole, I think he is a servant to that club, and he is, on the whole, competent. I, you know, I mean... His last he, start, he was effing heroic. His face basically was kicked off, uh, and he was still playing. And he, was, he had that put-me-in-coach face on the entire 90 minutes. You know, everybody kind of watches their own team, obviously, a little bit differently than they watch other te- other teams and if you watch Liverpool uh you know as an invested fan he just he just doesn't deal with corners well he's very hesitant he's a great shot stopper he's as good a shot stopper as there is in the league pretty much um but he's just like infuriating David De Gea man wow well I mean he's not I mean David De Gea is the best shot stopper in the league um but I'm giving you a hard time Steven (laughs) but he you know his his flaws are uh He's he's terrible in the air. Um, his distribution is atrocious. Um, he's just kind of a stopgap guy, it has always seemed. And um, yeah, but right. Karius looked bad this weekend. Don't get me wrong, but he he's a guy that Klopp is going to stick with. He is the keeper until he gets injured or like if he's act, if he's absolutely terrible, he's going to get yanked. But um, I have to I, I have to admit I have a little bit of bias against Loris Karius because. Given the fact that I haven't seen him put in a worldie of a performance yet at Liverpool, I mean, God, he's only had two games to do so, <laughs> but um, I immediately have that feeling of, oh, here's a guy who gets everything he wants in life just because he has <laughs> the best hair. Like, come on, man. I understand that your hair is super awesome, but that doesn't mean you get to be starting goalkeeper for Liverpool. His name is Sir Loris. that's perfect that's perfect Um, all right yeah i mean i i I, my keeper situation was i mean i just had was i spent too much money on david de gea i thought they were going to get clean sheets i thought at the very at the very least he was going to be making saves he's not even making saves i mean he is he is is, for the record getting save points he he got a three-pointer he banged a three-pointer against stoke city (laughs) i'd like to see another goalkeeper do that this season but I, I was just spending too much money on my keeper, and I was like, I, I feel like Karius's value is going to go up. I just want to buy him now. I mean, I, I have been making a bad habit of making Sunday night transfers um, to try to get in before the, the price goes up. I see. So was, I see. I see you saying this as you're drinking a cold beer through through Skype. I see you're you're a man of rash decision making, Stephen. I'm going to make a. I'm going to transfer right now. <laughs> do you not, okay so you, do you you transferring on sunday night like right as the transfer window opens do you how do you classify that do you classify that well, as maybe it's monday tri- night sh- <laughs> well e- either way it's very early <laughs> in the it's very early in the week would you say that that is because you're shrewd and you're counting your you're, you're trying to get the most value or are you cons- or is there some sort of concern there um, I think it's I, I think it's because I think I'm sure it. Um, I think that I I feel like I'm it's like the games are the freshest in my mind. Um, and so I make a decision based on that uh, more than anything. I don't you know, it, it's a little bit foolish 
a part of it is too is like I, I don't I didn't I can never remember when you know the the deadline is going to be and I want to make sure I get it in. Um, you know you can get a push notification from the uh, from the Premier League app. I mean everyone <laughs> wants more push notifications in their life. Obviously, <laughs> there's no doubt that anytime I install an app, it the, <laughs> allow or don't allow. Don't allow. Yeah, absolutely. No it's, way it's, I'm a, ever it's a muscle allow. memory. <laughs> all right, all right. We we have a lot to get to on this podcast, but before we get to anything more, we do have to talk about the Hail Cheaters Super League, which Stephen, you just joined like this morning. Yeah. It took you this yeah. long to join the Super League? Well, I joined the Head to Head League and the Mini League, um, which were the two links you had sent me at the beginning of the year, um, <laughs> and then uh, that was. That was and then, that. You, and then you unsubscribe to my push notifications. <laughs> All right, so right now I rank uh, 438 in the Hail Cheaters Super League. So um, that's not very awesome. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> I just joined this league. I don't know much about it, but that does not sound good. <laughs> You're 776th place. So, yeah, eat my dust, that worse. buddy. Well, let's talk about the managers who actually matter, uh, the ones who finished in the top 10 of the Hail Cheaters Super League. I'll just run through them real quick. So this week we have a new number one, and it's David Fellheim, the Cuddly Koalas, who had a game week score of 64. And impressive maneuvering on David's uh, part. He actually captained Diego Costa. So in the week in which everyone was trying to pick between Sergio Aguero and uh, the uh, absolute disaster tire fire that is Latan Ibrahimovic. David had the foresight to captain Costa. He is rewarded at number one in the Hail Cheaters Super League. Number two, Facebook uh, Photoshop extraordinaire Mitch Maynard, BTSTU. He scored a game week uh, total of 55. He's in second place. Third place, Fahad Al Takir, Cortuba FC. Huge game week score of 73 there for Fayed Al Takar. Fourth place, Team Sig. That's Sigurd Fonstad's team. And, Stephen, if you had to guess, top four managers here in the Hail Cheaters Super League, what do they all have in common? Uh, they're all from American Samoa. <laughs> this, these are all your direct competition. Surely, <laughs> no, wonder I'm 50, no wonder I'm 52 out of 58 yeah, the, the, in American, American Samoa. Samoa is like the most competitive FPL <laughs> nation on the planet. Per capita, um, yes. Per capita. <laughs> What ties what ties these top four teams together is they all started uh, Lauren Koscielny with his big 15-pointer mm. this week. So uh, let that be a lesson to you. I think a lot of us are going to be looking at Arsenal defenders going into the international break. Uh, fifth place, Sushant Garg, Yippie Kai Kabaye, M- Mother Effer. Man, I, I wish I, I wish I had the real fortitude to actually say the F word. But Stephen, now that now that we have on this mul- multiple fathers on this podcast, I have to <laughs> I have to obey the rules of the explicit content. Uh, sixth place, <laughs> Spleeb Splorb, Gloria Prieto, forty six points. Uh, seventh place, Flying Without Mings, Oliver Monks. Eighth place, la- eighth place, Lads on Torre. Not a porno film, Stephen. That's actually just a colloquialism. <laughs> Uh, Nick Forrester, ninth place, Sound of Depoulos. Oh, I, I finally oh, got that sound one. Sound of, yeah, yeah. I whoop, saw that once whoop, this it's week. The sound I, of yeah. the I, I love the names that have the most like obscure player, like Tyrone Mings, Flying Without Mings. <laughs> yeah, right? Who, Mad guy, respect who, for that. The best team name I saw recently, um, which delighted me, I, I, probably nobody else will find it funny, is ABCDEFC. 
<laughs> yeah, Stephen left. I see him left. Yeah, I see yeah. you laughing, Stephen. All right, ninth, just, to, just to round out the Hail Shooter Super League top 10, ninth place, Sound of the Police. I already gave you your shout-out, Ryan Dale. <laughs> and then we have another tie. I feel like we had a tie for 10th place last week. It's it's never Fergie me, Adam Lamb's team, who had a pretty uh, bum game week here at 33 points. I feel your pain, Adam. Uh, dropping down to 10th place and tied there in 10th, Roger Grief, Pyatt forward with 47 points. Now, Pay It Forward, is that an obscure Kevin Spacey movie for you? I feel like a lot of people know about Pay It Forward. I think that one's a little bit more. Honestly, when I heard uh, Sound of the Police, uh, Police. <laughs> we're so we're so Honestly, not street that we're, we're like, the Sound of well, the Pulas? You want to hear, well, I mean, it's, you know. Uh, I know I, you I, live in I, Milwaukee I, and everything, Stephen. Um, I didn't I didn't think of immediately of the KRS-One song. I actually thought of that's the sound of Pulis. <laughs> what, like the Simon and Garfunkel? No, the like of the sound silence? of music. The sound oh. of music. Oh, yeah. Okay. The hills are alive with the sound of Pulis. <laughs> That's how Fantastic. unstreet I am. God, I lost my edge since I moved from Brooklyn. No, you've you've still got it. You've still got your sense of irony, if nothing else. We're, we're For what still- it's worth, Milwaukee's a much more dangerous city than Brooklyn. <laughs> Now, if we can save that for our for our police ham radio podcast, even. <laughs> All right. So those are the those are the managers that had a good week. Uh, save my fine friend who got thirty three points. Here are our meltdowns of the week. God, I feel like there were a ton of meltdowns happening at game week seven. Here, let's let's take turns reading these out, Stephen. You want to you want to start sure. with the first one? So our first meltdown of the week comes from Kevin Mann, at Kevin Mann on Twitter. Early meltdown this week when benched Van Onholt scores, robs West Brom of a clean sheet. That was pretty frustrating because I faced him in one of my head-to-head leagues, and the same thing happened to me. <laughs> it, kill, it killed everyone. I mean, everyone invested in – a lot of meltdowns resulted in – there were a lot of late uh, – clean sheet wipeouts this game week i feel like and i had macaulay starting for me too and it's it was such a wretched goal it was it was the like uh, keystone cops type of goal that stoke city also scored which by the <laughs> way what was dave david de Gea doing trying to i know that was it such took a... an awkward it took an awkward bounce for him i guess but yeah total killer magic of moment pod uh at moment of magic pod writes us on twitter hey guy he says free gif for your meltdown of the week and he actually sent in a gif of eric Bailly. did you do, do you remember what did you watch this happen steven i i watched the game but i actually um i'm not sure i, I don't so remember I feel that like, happened. i feel like it was maybe around like the 75th 80th minute and this ball rolls to Bailly, and he in the same motion whiffs on the shot here he doesn't even take the shot like the ball he is not expecting the ball to come to him goes beyond him and he, as the ball goes past him he just clutches his head in agony and falls backward <laughs> sort of like ah, how did that just happen <laughs> instant reaction instant reaction all right so so that that's that's guy's contribution to the melody <clears throat> of the week i'll have to i'll have to look for that gif uh, send it to me, guy. Um, all right, we got Sh- we got Shane Deer. It says update: minus twenty rage transfers did not work out so well. Found face. My previous team would have scored more points. 
Anyhow, surprisingly, my team looks good going forward. Well, a little bit of optimism in there. I like it. Shane, you really you really make lemons out of minus 20 point. Wait. Minus 20. Now, I don't know. Did, did you listen to the entire episode last week, Stephen? Do you remember when Shane wrote in and said, I'm contemplating a 20-point hit? Um, I, I don't know if I made it through the entire episode. Okay. But okay. I did I'm, look, to, I'm, t- I'm totally putting you on the spot here. <laughs> I did look at somebody who made a, like a crazy amount of transfers and, uh, Oh no, I do remember that from last week's episode. Sorry. Of course you do. It was captivating <laughs> listening. So yeah, I, I couldn't believe that Shane De- Deer was actually being serious, but Shane wrote us and said, Nope, deadly serious took a minus 20 hit. And I, it just made me. It didn't make me happy, Shane, to get this tweet from or this Facebook message from you saying that it didn't work out. But it, it just maybe hey, it was your sense looks, of well, his team looks good going forward, though. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, minus twenty. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. Alex <sighs> Davies also on Facebook says, "Should we all stop? Just stop playing and save ourselves from the hurt." Uh, this the sentiment is basically echoed by everybody else on Facebook. Dave Baker said, "Why do we play this game again?" George Allen says, "When's the next wild card?" So yeah, pe- people just had some shameful game seven uh, uh, weeks. Terrible. It was a it was a pretty bad game week overall. I mean, I the there's a bit of a lag on the uh, on the site when you check to see what scores are. And at one point, I saw you were at seven points. Uh, <laughs> That was not a lag, Stephen. That was my. That was just me after, after, uh, after Saturday, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there was a lot of big games on Sunday. We all so. had, yeah, we all had players playing on Sunday with City and Spurs and Arsenal. Uh, the Lallana injury just just really killed me. All right, so yeah. meltdowns. If you have a meltdown during the game, or if you just want to follow us, uh, tweeting and Facebooking during the games, find us at Hail Cheaters or on Facebook. We're always cheating. And to join the Hail Cheaters Super League, just go to alwayscheating.com and uh, click the uh, the league join button right there. Stephen, let's. It's not too late. I, it's not too late. I did it this week. Yeah, if Stephen's still <laughs> doing it, you you guys should be doing it. Everyone in American Samoa that's listening right now. All right, let's, Steve, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we're going to tackle uh, clean sheet updates. Uh, we're going to talk about the everyone's favorite new team, Tottenham Hotspur, and uh, also just tra- general transfer uh, strategies heading into the international break. Same old podcast, always cheating. And we're back. Stephen, we took we took a longer break than usual just then. People will have just heard about five seconds, not even five seconds of music. But what they don't understand is that it's been like five hours since since we last spoke. <laughs> actually, not that actually not that long. Uh, we both used the bathroom, and then we had some recording concerns that we had to address. A little behind yeah. the curtain there. I got to talk. I got some quality time with her cat um, <laughs> and her wife. Well, not, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right, Stephen, en- enough funny business. Let's talk, let's talk FPL strategy here. I feel like we're, we're giving FPL strategy the short shrift this episode. Topic number one, our most asked question ever of all time. Uh, Nick Goodall on Twitter asks, will the clean sheets return? And AMHA9 United on Twitter also says, is it time to not focus on clean sheets and get cheap defenders, many good midfielders and attackers in form? So the question we are uh, trying to answer here, Stephen, is why are we spending any money, if any money at all, at all on defenders when there are no clean sheets to be had? 
Perhaps the and, first question we have to answer is, is it a true fact that there are no clean sheets to be had? You you yourself are eminently qualified to speak to this. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Me over here on my ivory tower of uh, four clean sheets this weekend. Um, I think that the, you know, the cream is starting to rise at the crop a little bit. C- sorry, cream is starting the, to the rise cr- to cr- the cr- top. To the top. Crop runs from the top, so I see where you The I cream you and the crop there. rise to the top. I never eat a pig as big as a cop. So was the hell? <laughs> there we go. Yes. No. Street, no, we're street, doing it. It's the sound of the police. Returns. Okay, yes, good. Now we're back. That's now the we're sound really, of music. Was, I'm glad we took that break, Stephen. Now we're really <laughs> vibing here. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that Arsenal is looking a lot, a lot better. I think that uh, Mustafi is starting to kind of settle in. Koscielny is finally, you know, focused on the Premier League and not their, um, you know, also ran status at uh, the Euro this summer. Um, uh, Southampton playing a little bit better together as well. I mean, Bertrand, it took, you know, took him a couple, a couple match weeks to get um, settled back in, but he he's had been... to get that that energy force from his uh, neck tattoo really, really <laughs> pulsating before he could bomb down those wings. I mean, he looked, and not this last week, but the week before that. I mean, he was probably man of the match. I don't know. Yeah, uh, he, I agree. He was on my bench, um, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like Southampton a lot going uh, going forward. Um, I also like Chelsea going forward. Um, I, John Terry will be back soon enough. Um, now, those that's not a source of cheap clean sheets per se, um, and especially when you're talking about kind of the uncertainty. Um, is David Luiz going to be starting? Is Marcus Alonso going to be starting? Is Ivanovic going to be starting? I mean, there's a lot of questions. Now marks they're there. talking about Kurt Zuma coming back into the. Oh league. yeah, Kurt Zuma, totally. Um, so I think if you can get a Chelsea defender, that uh, maybe actually the the clean sheet source that's kind of more secure there would be um, Courtois. Again, he's not going to be terribly cheap. Um, but I do like Chelsea going forward. Um, I think that they are, it's kind of been misleading the number of goals they've conceded. Um, yeah, that's, you want to believe that because, uh, you know, Antonio Conte is a classic Italian manager, definitely believes in a strong defense and comes from that pedigree at Juventus. With time, you assume he'll get it right. I still have some questions about the personnel there and the Chelsea back line. And John Terry coming back from injury doesn't make me believe any more that they'll get clean sheets. The dude is old as old as all get out. He's ancient. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's, old, he's old. He's almost as old as Shay Given. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that I would almost prefer if I were a Chelsea fan. I'd almost prefer Ivanovic and Luis, and you know, pending the health of Kurzuma. Um but. Regardless, I, 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 I think that um, I think that there will be. I mean, Tottenham is the is the place to go if you need clean sheets. Um, yeah, without Kyle a doubt. Walker. So, yeah, yeah. I I will testify to Kyle Walker all the live long day. So if you look at the cleans from this weekend, game week seven, it was Chelsea, Leicester City, which Leicester was a little unexpected. That like you were saying, Stephen Leicester and Southampton, uh, a zero zero draw that was not predicted. I can't imagine what the odds on that were. Seriously. And then you had Spurs and Arsenal. So, yeah, for me, the pick of those three, uh, I'm a little shy about Chelsea, but it's Spurs, Southampton, and Arsenal. I don't see where you're saving any money investing in all three of those defenses, but I would say at this point, 
Kyle Walker or Jan Vertagen from Spurs. And I think we're going to do a deep dive into Spurs just after we're done talking about clean sheets here. But Vertagen for price and Kyle Walker for bonus points and attacking output. Um, they're effectively must-haves at this point. And uh, Spurs just had this miracle run happening almost till the end of the season. I, I'm going to read <laughs> off their fixture list. I mean, there are a few hiccups here along the way, which you'll be able to point out. But uh, <clears throat> they've got Hull, Burnley, oh, Southampton, Watford, Chelsea, West Brom, Man City, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Liverpool, Stoke, Everton, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Burnley, Swansea, Watford, Bournemouth. Now, I heard a lot of clean sheets in there. I don't know if, how close attention you were paying, Stephen, but I heard uh, this. Yeah, you kind of were talking like the micro machines, man. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, Spurs, Spurs. I heard a Man by. City in there, and I, I like all of a sudden I just started focusing. Did I, on did man I say City. Man City really fast? <laughs> uh, South Southampton, their their fixtures are a little mixed, but I would say on the whole good. They're home to Burnley, um, so that could be yet another double clean sheet for you, Stephen. Next game nice. week, game week eight. Then they've got City away. That's a problem. Then Chelsea, another sort of banana skin. Hull, Liverpool, Everton, Crystal Palace, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Bournemouth, Tottenham. So there's like that period about five game weeks from now where they've got Palace, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Bournemouth, where um, so so maybe you could hold off on investing in Southampton for a while uh, and and say, okay, so if you're going to pick to pick two cheapy clean sheet teams, I think Burnley at home um, is a pretty good bet anytime. I mean, I feel like they've played a little bit of a tricky, just off the top of my head. They played a couple tough teams already. They played Arsenal and in Liverpool already. Um, I don't know what they're. They but near, but they at, nearly they nearly kept clean sheets against both of those teams. Like they well, they kept clean, they kept a clean sheet against Liverpool, and right. then it, it took a handball by Laurent Koscielny, <laughs> an offside handball, by the way. Um, yeah. to, it, was a, uh, it was a volleyball like move by Laurent Koscielny. <laughs> he tried to spike it over the goal line. It was uh, it was a natural, you know. I mean, it wasn't his fault that the ball hit his hand. Yeah. Um, so so if you're looking at Burnley defenders, Keane, uh, who's who got the goal uh, last game week or the one before, he's he's already downpriced at four point nine. Million. Now, 4.9, I would judge, is a little expensive for a newly promoted defender. But Keane is your top-rated defender. And then uh, Marnie is second on that list, Dean Marnie, and he's priced at 4.5, 0.9% ownership. I totally agree. Burnley is the pick of the bunch if you're looking to go budget defense. You know, I mean, I, I think that West Brom also is a team that's, a, you know, on the, on the up a little bit in terms of defense um i think that mccauley at 4.8 is a pretty good buy now it's interesting um, you bring this up Stephen, because we have a facebook message from uppercut panda who says will west brom ever keep a clean sheet for longer than 80 minutes so you're <laughs> telling people to buy west brom but like me i i'm a mccauley owner and i do agree he's good value but uh we're all going insane uh, losing <laughs> these clean sheets at the death west brom 
the the last few game weeks. Yeah, it's a bit of a tease because you know I, on our site we don't get a give a clean sheet. You know, it doesn't show credit until after the game is over. So whereas like the official site, once sixty minutes hits, it tells you you got a clean sheet, and then <laughs> it's a bait. It, it's a, often a bait and switch. And you know my superstition, Stephen, is I never load. Well, I, I claim to never, but I do all the time. <laughs> Uh, I claim if you lo- if you preload the clean sheet at the sixty minute mark, you're guaranteed to lose it. Don't so do don't it. do it. Just don't do it. Yeah, um, so, uh, ben, upper, ben, upper, me, ben me at, at four point five million seems like a pretty good buy as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, you got a couple other guys like uh, Antonio Bar- Baragan and uh, Baragan on Middlesbrough, also four point five million. I think that Middlesbrough. I mean, they had the best. Of the promoted teams last year, they had the best uh, defensive record. Now they have uh, Valdez and Goal. Yeah. Um, I think that they could be. I mean, if you're talking about bargain bin right, you know, right. defenders, four point yeah, five million. And we talked about George Friend last week as well, and I I, I still agree. The guy is uh, often involved on the flanks and putting in service. So yeah, looking at bargain defenders, you're gonna want to look less at at central guys and more at wing players who are who are more likely to get attacking points for you you know it's interesting i look at i'm looking at the list of under five million defenders and uh the name that actually sticks out to me dejan lovren um he's scored a goal this year already he is a historically you know aside from his time in liverpool um has been a pretty good attacking uh set at attacking at set pieces and at yeah. 4.9 million i mean i'm pretty bullish on liverpool's defense going forward um got a pretty easy run of fixtures coming up um man united is obviously the the tricky one um yeah, right after right. the let's, international let's break at, let's yeah so after united they, in game week eight liverpool has west brom crystal palace watford southampton sunderland bournemouth west ham my god you might be right about that. So that is why you and Josh are invent, in, investing in Sir Loris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it's mostly just that I, I feel like, especially with the keeper, um, your points are going to fluctuate. Just It's just not worth, you know, the $1.6 million difference between Curious and De Gea. I'm not going to pay that. I'd rather invest that in a midfielder. <laughs> You'd rather invest it in a in one of the worst defenses in the league, worst <laughs> high profile defenses. Liverpool's defense is pretty crummy. You have to admit, Stephen. Well, it, I feel like they give up soft goals. Um, you know, like against Hull, for example, it was just one shot on target, one goal. Um, against uh, I don't know how many shots on target they faced against Swansea, but again, it was. Essentially, I mean, it's set piece defense. Um, right, right. If you're not getting a clean sheet, you know, in in fantasy, it, you know, you might as well give up two goals. It, it, one goal doesn't really help you. And you'd rather have your keeper actually facing shots because they can actually make saves. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but I feel like those clean sheets are going to start coming around, especially as the opposition. I mean, you talk about playing away to Arsenal, away to Tottenham. Um, home to Leicester, away to Burnley. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some pretty good attacking teams in there, so I, I think it's a little bit early maybe to judge Liverpool's right. defense. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right, so just to recap, Spurs, I feel like uh, Kyle Walker is the must-have there. Uh, Toby Alderwild hasn't done enough 
to justify a 6.5 price tag right now. So I feel like it's Kyle Walker or Jan Vertonghen. Danny Rose has got the attacking potency, but he is a little mercurial and also a yellow card magnet. So Walker and Vertonghen there. Southampton, I think you've got it exactly right with in your squad, Stephen, with Bertrand and Van Dyke. No, no shots at... Um, at Font because he's going to score a few headed goals. Cedric remains a, a a little bit of a weird player. Well, and he also got injured. He he came off injured last. Oh, uh, maybe it's last Matt Target year. time. Oh, I love Matt Target. <laughs> and then Ar- Arsenal's a little trickier because I think you get what you pay for when you go for an Arsenal defender. Mustafi is re- is like quote reasonably priced at six in that defense. Uh, and Monreal is one of the cheaper options as, as well. But the higher price, uh, Koscielny, he's already risen in value from 6.0, and Bellerine at 6.5. Those guys are are just gonna get are gonna get more attacking points. So if you want if you want to have the highest scoring Arsenal defender, I think you have to pay for it this season. Yeah, I like I said, I I, um, I had really gone back and forth between Bellerine and Koscielny, and I thought that Bellerine was gonna be. So far, you know, he's not been better he's gonna, than He's going to pay off for you. He's, he yeah. He'll pay off. All right, so we're pretty bullish on expensive defenders still, I feel like. If you go back to our, our clean sheet chart that we've been, we've been uh, charting the percentage of clean sheets per season, we're still really low for this season through game week 7. 21% clean sheets out of uh, 140 possible clean sheets. There are only 30 and compared to seasons past, as we've done the last couple of weeks, that's 21% compared to the last two seasons, we were at 29% clean sheets up to game week seven. And even the season before that, higher, 33%. So it it is kind of an anomaly so far, but uh, stick to your guns. All right, let's move on to topic number two, beware we talk about defenders this entire podcast even. <laughs> Bore everyone to tears. Let's talk about something exciting. Tottenham Hotspur. You're a Liverpool mm, fan. You, you must love. You must love these guys. <laughs> They're playing your swashbuckling, buccaneering brand of football that Brendan Rodgers had you synonymous with for so long. <laughs> yeah, they really copied our uh, counter pressing as uh, the media. Will so, have you know. so I titled the topic of this uh, key point: allow us to acquaint you with your new best friends. Because listen, <laughs> if you don't know a Spurs player, you want to meet a Spurs player, uh, and. Steven, you and me, we're, we're here to introduce our listeners to them. Playing matchmaker tonight. Uh, Steve. Do you need a goal-scoring midfielder? Oh, <laughs> yeah. let me introduce yeah. you to my, okay, yeah. my yeah. good friend, <laughs> Hung Min Sun. <laughs> uh, Steve B. on Twitter says, worth getting. Speaking of Sun, Steven. Oh. Steve B. says, worth getting Sun when Kane back. And uh, when Kane is back, uh, will, his, will his return affect Sun? Now, if you go back and look at son's numbers like he started posting goals and spectacular 90 minute sessions before kane went out injured so i don't see how kane i would be more concerned if i were a lamella owner about how kane impacts kane's return impacts lamella son son is locked in right now he is the engine of that team at the moment i i can't imagine uh I mean, I feel like uh, Erickson or and I, I feel like Erickson and Lamella and obviously Vincent Janssen, um 
are are the what players most affected by Kane's return. Um, I think Son. I mean, I feel like his his place is cemented um, oh, in the without, lineup. Without a doubt, in the last four game weeks, here's what he's posted: nineteen points, two points. 15 points, 6 points, and in that he's got uh, two game weeks with three bonus. So this guy is, he is dialed in. Apart from uh, three game weeks ago when he just posted two, he's dialed in. He's been a part of seven goals in the last six league games, if I have that right. So, well, I mean, he, did he, he didn't win the penalty last, did he win the penalty? I can't remember. I, I remember watching that game and thinking, why is Son not taking this penalty? Why is Lamella taking this penalty? Well, because Lamella stripped the ball out of Son's hands and said, like, I've got this, bro. And guess what? He, he, he distinctly hey, did not have it. In the intro, you said we're going to stop talking about babies. So we're not <laughs> going to talk about Lamella anymore. It has been a quick, swift fall from grace for Eric Lamella. Like he oh, got, man. he got a pass. He got a get out of jail free card from every all the haters early this season, and everyone sort of like thought, well, Lamella. Despite my better judgment, I'll put you in my squad. You actually look like you're up for it now. He's back to doing his Lamella shtick. Well, he had such a great year before he got bought by Spurs, and he got injured. Then it was like, oh well, he's got a new Argentine manager. Like this guy is like all so much potential. I mean, son. Yeah. I think that Lamella is certainly the player you do not want to have at this point. I mean, Dele Alli is obviously, you know, the first name on the team sheet pretty much. Um, yeah. And as he, far as the packing players go, he was a disappointment at the start of the season, but he's really picking up steam now. Yeah. I mean, but, this team has come together as soon as son has been inserted into the lineup and there's some weird, like, you know, it seemed like he was, son had fallen out of favor with Pochettino, and then there's the whole Olympics kind of, you know, he wanted to play at the Olympics, and Pochettino didn't want him to, and then it was like, well, he's going to get sold, and um, but now he's clearly one of the best attacking players for that team, and I, 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 I was looking at buying him last week, um, but I just couldn't really make it happen in terms yeah. of. You know, he's a little bit expensive, and he was a little bit expensive at the time. And I don't know if it was because his cost had risen or what, but um, there's something I, I about the the six point the seven point six price tag on Sun, where Sun is emerging as the Deli Ali of last season. But the Deli Ali of last season started off priced at five point five million. So there's right. something that makes Sun's price tag at seven point six just a, a slightly hard to uh, yeah less palatable exactly. Um, but he's got the numbers to back it up, and I wouldn't hesitate. Like, I, I have other issues to shore up at the moment, but if I did not, I wouldn't hesitate bringing in Son during the international break. You know, I think I'm going to buy him right now. I think I'm going to sell. Uh, I got a lot. I got 2.3 million in the bank, and I've got Nathan Redmond on my squad. Oh, get, <sighs> get, get the rid of Nathan Redmond. But that actually, I don't think that would cost. Oh, yeah. Wait. No, seven point six. No, it wouldn't work. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, li- the live, the live, the live transfer. It rarely works. Everyone always <laughs> works out. All right, I have to tell you the one thing that concerns me, Stephen, about Delhi Ali is well, a is price tag at eight point two. It's pretty rich. Those last four games, eight point six points, two point eight eight points, relatively consistent. But what you don't see in any of those last four game weeks are any bonus points. So Deli Ali is having a real issue pulling BPS during these game weeks, which is a main concern of mine. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I 
we get a lot of questions on my site about do you guys include bonus points? And so it made me look at um, how bonus points are calculated. And it's a little bit surprising that he doesn't get more bonus points um, just because he seems to do the things that get you bonus points. Um, and he's also, when you watch, just watch the game, I mean, he is one of the best players in the field almost every right. time. Um, yeah, he, he, he does get cautioned a fair amount. And I think because he plays in the hole, he's liable to lose possession attacking the goal and that's a no-no for bps yeah uh, losing luis suarez would lose so many bps because every time he got the ball he would go to goal and you know odds are you're gonna get tackled even if you're as good as luis suarez so he would lose possession so so frequently he'd lose out on bps so you do see that like negatively impact some of the best players on the field which is yeah unfortunate He's also playing a lot closer to goal, especially with, you know, um, the addition of Victor Juan Mana. So he um, he's not winning the ball maybe as much as he he would be otherwise. Um, but, yeah, I, those two, I mean, I would love to get in on either of those two Spurs players, um, especially because they're going to get you they're going to get you a bonus point or a clean sheet, you know, because they play in the midfield. Right, even though right. Sun is clearly Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, Jansen, but you are not our, our gateway mm. to Spurs attacking output. Now, so, no. Stephen, you brought up the Olympics and the uh, the kerfuffle there with Son and the Olympics. And we all know what was behind that. It's Son trying to get relieved of his military duty in South Korea. And we got a tweet from Michael Spaulding at Dr. Spake, and he says... Can Hail Cheaters nominate a Prem player to substitute for Ho Min San's South Korean military duty? And uh, Michael here suggests maybe Jerry D needs some time in boot camp. <laughs> I think this is a fantastic question. So I think both you and I, Stephen, need to nominate one player that we think should should take a little take a little hiatus and go serve San's military duty for him in South Korea. They don't have to be Korean, do they? No, they can be whoever you want. Okay, cuz that cuz I was going to say I had my answer immediately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and don't don't uh, leave me hanging. Well, uh it's actually um well, you know, Ki Sun Young uh, on Swansea. Oh. <laughs> who well, interestingly I, enough uh uh he got out of his this, duty, didn't he? Man, you are really well versed in the Korean military. <laughs> Don't try me. Do not try me, Stephen. Well, I love, I love that, um, you know, kind of the this new trend of um, players with the last, the first name, last initial. Like Alberto Moreno has Alberto M. Um, I'm trying to think of what other player this week had uh, first name, last initial. But Key uh, had K I S Y. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's he's, like the, he's a big Ken Kesey fan, actually. <laughs> well, it's like you know the the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. He's actually keep it simple. You. <laughs> I like it. He doesn't like to use he doesn't like to use vulgarities like stupid. He's he's a very clean cut young man. So, so he's my he's I, I'm going to nominate uh, Key Sun Young because uh, he doesn't want to. You are a, you are a complete rap. bastard. You are a total <laughs> bastard. This young man, Ki Sun Young, has has done his country a service by meddling in uh, whatever competition it was that uh, they meddled in, and he's been relieved of his duty. And now you're saying to Ki Sun Young, "Sorry, man, 
You're not informed, so you're going Keep to it boot simple, camp. you. <laughs> I have a nominee. I have a nominee. My nominee is not somebody who's actually actively playing in the Premier League right now, but I get these stupid push notifications, callback, <laughs> uh, from this app on my phone, always linking uh, Emmanuel Adebayor to Fulham. Uh, and I think this is down to uh, Adebayor's agent. Like, if we get some push notifications out there, we can get some <laughs> some sort of critical mass to make a signing happen. Nobody wants to sign this 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 joker. So I think Adebayor needs to get off of my phone, and he needs to get to South Korea and have somebody that. you know put him through the put him through the ringer. Yeah, I mean, uh, the risk with him is he'll he'll go celebrate the military victory, you know, in front of the opposing uh, fans. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just standing on the North Korean border, just taunting them. Uh, Doing the uh, oh, did you see the uh, Roberto oh, Firmino? Firmino? Yeah, yeah, say hello to my little friend, oh, and then hey. Mane immediately jumps right in. Said did he? He said no, dude. Like, don't do that. That's bad. No, no, no. He he like jumped right in. He was like he even did like the cocaine snort. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no. uh, okay, so I want to talk. I, okay, so this is not FPL related, but I want to talk to you about Roberto Firmino goal celebrations because one of my favorite things in sports right now is Firmino. He does this less frequently, but you're familiar with the celebration where he. He 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 gestures like he's going to take his shirt off and then he puts it back down and wags his finger like, no, that's a no, no. Don't do that. You'll get a card. That to me is like the greatest goal celebration of all time. Yeah. um, I mean, you know, he's having a little fun with the uh, he's having fun. He's yeah. having fun. He's a kid out there. It's like, like the exa- it's the exact opposite of the uh, uh, Eric Cantana, famous Eric Cantana goal <laughs> celebration, where he just puffs his chest out like, "Yeah, I just did that." <laughs> um, okay, so that that Spurs, your your new best friends, hang out with Son, Son and Allie. Okay, yeah, that's it. Our buddy cop movie, Son and Allie. They're they're just hanging out, scoring goals, and and having a fun time together. So their Spurs will surely be talking about them all season. Let's move on to our final topic, Stephen. It is transfer strategies. I, I didn't I didn't come up with a quirky, fun little title for this segment. It's just called basically what it is: transfer <laughs> strategies heading into the international break. It's it's how to mix the fun. That was pretty clever, I thought. <laughs> you. You, always, you always see the good in me, Stephen, <laughs> which I do appreciate. So we're trying to mix the fun of, of transfer strategies with the not-so-fun of uh, international break. So we got a couple uh, interesting questions from our listeners. And again, if you want to tweet at us, it's at Hail Cheaters or on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash always cheating. First question comes from Jeff Petter. Are we all making too many transfers while everything is just moving too fast? Is patience key for now? So Jeff is 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 calling for calm, which um, you know I, I see just logic here. And Stephen, I know you're you're more into the draft world, so week to week transfers are less your forte. But I think that there's there are a lot there is logic on both sides. So. Yeah, things are things seem to be moving fast right now because foreign players are changing more rapidly than they have in seasons past. But that means you also have to move a little faster. So I would I would argue that no don't don't be patient. You have to ride the wave. And the managers that will do 
and I, I for for there's probably maybe a half a listener out there that's been listening <laughs> to my f- new favorite podcast, Election Profit Makers, hosted by David Reese. He talks a lot about wave riding. So I'm not. This is this is sort of a wink to <laughs> this David goes out Reese. to you. This goes out to you, buddy. But yeah, I, I feel like it's less that you have to calm things down and not move too fast, Jeff. I feel like you've got to just embrace it and ride the wave and just be smart about it. So it, it's it's noticing trends earlier than other people. Like if you got on the sun bandwagon, you're feeling really groovy right now. I think a lot of people tried this with Lalana and got burned in this game week. But that was a fluke because of a groin injury. So maybe that's where riding the wave doesn't work out for you. But the the other scenario is you just sit back and don't ride the wave and you'll get left behind, I fear, in many situations. You're going to end up a team with a team that has uh, Zlatan on it, uh, a team that has... I'm trying Nathan to, Redmond. Nathan <laughs> Redmond, exactly. Alvaro Negredo. Is, people are still bringing oh. in Alvaro Negredo. It's insane. I, I, yeah. Well, so you know, as the, the great Ferris Bueller once said, you know, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. <laughs> but uh, again, to that end, to that end, uh, I think there are two occasions this season where I've held for two free transfers the following week which has served to benefit me. But if that's the case, you've got to have a plan. You can't just hold for two free transfers and and not have a plan because then I feel like uh, you're going to miss out on points the week that you don't transfer and you'll be left behind. So, Yeah, I mean, my I have found that I've held... You know, I mean, I guess the following the wild card, I definitely held um, because I feel like if I'm going to make one move, I want to make two moves um, right. because I, you're not going to, you know, you want to you you, you want to make you know you're going to make money and then spend that money. Um, <laughs> exactly. and, I, and, that, and that's it, the that's the conundrum I'm having right now with my forward line with the high and the low. Zlatan is the high and Vokes is the low. To find the middle ground to turn Vokes and Zlatan into Benteke and Lukaku, that's two transfers. So I have to, I have to hold for two frees to make that work. Yeah, and I, I also, I think if you're only in classic leagues where you're, you know, the four point hit on one. Over the course of the seasons, not that big of a deal, especially if you're talking about, you know, my thing is that I'm very worried, you know, I'm playing in my head to head league, which I'm just like a four point hit is the difference between a win and a loss. Yes, it's true. And am I willing to do that? I'm more playing the long game. And I also, also, you know, I do feel like some of these guys that I've invested in, like Antonio and Sterling and Redmond and Kapue. I feel like they, because I've ridden their droughts for a little while, um, I feel like they're going to come around and score again. Um, okay, so, let's, let's let's talk about Kapu real quick. Sure. Because you, you asked me about Kapu over the weekend, and I, I'm kind of mystified as to why everyone is so concerned about Kapu. Kapu is the perfect bench player. Like, yeah. if, he's, if he's out of form, like, great. Throw him on your bench. You probably already made 0.5 million on this guy. Right. 
hang on to him until you play your uh, second wild card in the winter or the spring, and you'll well. Okay, so if everyone starts dumping Kapue like crazy, you might want to think about selling him first. But this guy is just cash in the bank for you at this point. Don't for a it second. It depends on when you bought him, obviously. Well, yeah, if you bought him this week, uh, I mean, where have you <laughs> where have you been this whole season? Okay, uh, I, I bought him two or three weeks ago, and I yeah, there is. See, that's better, Stephen. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> so I I, I I I think if you've got Kapu, chill. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he's a perfect bench guy. He's not even now. He's five million, and like, what really are you? You know, I'm more concerned about Antonio, um, who, you know, he cost quite a bit. I just felt like I was losing out. Everybody else had him, and I had to have him scoring goals. That was a. uh, I mean, Antonio is in real danger of uh, getting elected into troll status at this point. Like he came out like a. (laughs) house on fire at the start of the season and now he's stuck back there on the back line not getting as forward not getting as forward as he wants to and his value is 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 pretty well nullified right now which yeah. is too bad. I mean he's he doesn't provide much value. I mean even a guy like I mean shit Victor Moses you could buy for 5.5 million and he would you know I mean he you know make 2 million I mean he's the difference is difference of 2.1 million I at least Victor Moses might start getting some clean sheets. He started last game. I mean, I I, I don't. It's Antonio hard for me to is, see Antonio much is seven point three. He virtually costs the same as Theo Walcott right now. And if I think you're playing Antonio over Walcott, it's an interesting differential. But uh, I'd li- I'd like your odds a lot better with somebody like Walcott, who's hit form and is an integral part to an Arsenal team that's got some great fixtures coming up. Yeah, and what does a Wobi cost? Um, yeah, I mean, Wobie's 5.8 million, and he's starting every match for a team that is probably going to get more clean sheets than West Ham, and he might get, I mean, he's got a few assists on this year. That's three he's points in the bank, team. son. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really tempted to sell Antonio, but at the same time, I've got to offload this Ibrahimovic problem, which is yeah. just, like, giving me nightmares. All right, all right. speaking of uh, Zlatan, we've got a couple more questions. This one from Fat Gorilla. How can I maximize earnings if I wildcard over the international break, or is this overthinking my wildcard? So here Fat Gorilla is kind of asking us to talk about which players do we think will rise and fall over the break, and also is it worth... Um, is it worth playing the market during the how much how basically how much blood and treasure should you spend on playing the market when you should basically be spending time with your friends and family while there's no premier league going on <laughs> uh, additionally uh nick edge on twitter says zlatan one more week yes no so zlatan is an unmitigated disaster at this point everything that people said about zlatan he's ruthless um he's a goal scorer he don't worry about scores all types of goals yeah don't worry about how slow he is the guy knows karate so it'll be fine uh and not only that but like he you know it's like is he gonna be able to adapt to the premier league well in the first couple weeks i mean he scored you know he scored like a goal where he just climbed up over west morgan in the um in the uh, careless cup his, his goal that he scored against Bournemouth was some kind of weird bowling ball type of mm-hmm. a goal. So he scored I, penalties. He's their penalty taker. I mean, it's like, 
every fear about Zlatan alleviated in the first three weeks of the season. And then all of a sudden he doesn't create chances really for his teammates. He is not as ruthless as everyone said he is. United's not getting any penalties. Uh, they're not scoring any goals, really. Um, yeah. Yes, that, that, that's probably the crux of his. Well, even when United goes 4-1 against Leicester City, Zlatan has nothing to do with, with any of them. Even so, when they play the worst defense in the league at home and yeah. they score one goal, it's a guy off the bench that scores. So I think we're both in agreement that... Is the, well, okay, so before I say that, what Zlatan has going for him is it looks like he's going to start every game. Like that, I don't know if that's contractual. I don't... Mourinho's <laughs> not going to drop Zlatan. There's no reason for him to drop Zlatan at this point. He's still like a great unit to put on the shoulder of the last defender and let Marcus Rashford sort of do his run-at-people thing. I think it's fine. Zlatan will play, and he will get goals here or there. The concern is there is zero value for dollar with Zlatan. Now, to go back to Fat Gorilla's tweet about maximizing his earnings, if I were to predict the first guy to fall in value over the international break, it's going to be Zlatan. Like, people are fed up with this guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that his, especially relative to his cost, so if you're talking about, if you're trying to make... You know, I mean, honestly, I think the guy that's going to drop the most um, might be Igalo. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I mean, he's seven. Last I checked, he was seven point three million. Troy Deeney right. is seven million. Yes. Who in their right mind would ever have Igalo over Troy Deeney? Um, well, that's so, true. I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure that there are enough people that own. Let's see, there is five point five ownership enough. on Igalo. Um, yeah. He's already dropped from seven point five to seven point three. I mean, your logic is is completely sound, Stephen. That Deeney is without a doubt the striker to own on Watford, and if he's already point three cheaper than Igalo, yeah. Yeah, Agalo's toast. I mean, but in terms of mass ownership, yeah, Ibrahimovic. I mean, he's going to be. De- I, I near, I very nearly transferred him out last night to pick up Rashford because, yeah. I mean, Rashford is like what? I need to look this up. Um, but he, I mean, it seems he's six point nine. Yeah, it seems insane. Like if you're talking about a player who's going to assist or score a goal in the next game week if Ibrahimovic or Rashford I think Rashford's more likely probably um and Rashford could stand to be the only player on the United team that would go up in value I can see a lot of United players going down in values Laton Luke Shaw uh two blanks in a in a in a row for a United team that is not keeping any clean sheets if you have Luke Shaw Expect him to be at 5.4 by the end of the international break. And we all bought him at 5.5, so you're going to lose money. So Zlatan, Luke Shaw, you've got to dump them. Players that were looking to rise, uh, yeah, Rashford would be one of them. But it's all all Arsenal and Tottenham, right? Son, Kyle Walker will probably be at 6.0 by the time this break is over. Uh, Vertonghen being the cheapest Tottenham defender available at this point is probably going to jump in value all those arsenal defenders i mean kashelny is going to go up for for sure and then i was just looking at the fantasy football's fix app and there are a couple other guys that looked um 
dead certainties to at least go up 0.1 during the break. Diego Costa, he's 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 going to break 10.0. He started the game at 9.5, so he's already going to be above 10.0 after the break. Then Troy Deeney, as you mentioned, Stephen, and the magician himself, Felipe Coutinho. <laughs> the great Troy Deeney. All right, so how do you feel? This is uh, this is another reason to have a Liverpool fan on the podcast. So Coutinho is very vexing as an FPL asset because it seems like one week he's going to score 15 points and the next week he's off with a yellow card. How do you yeah. how do you gauge his how do you uh or I guess predict his success? Uh you just draw straws really. <laughs> okay, there's, uh, there's I, I no mean, logic he, to it. No, I mean, there's chance that there's a chance that he's not even going to play in some games, and um, you know he, I mean, against Burnley he took probably 50 shots from outside the box, and none of them troubled the keeper. You know, against Arsenal he scored two goals. Um, I mean, right. he's an amazing player. I I, I would never invest in him um, just because he's extremely frustrating to watch. I love him when he's on. I can't stand to watch him when he's off. He's like a tiny Paul Pogba. He just loves ripping ridiculous shots from outside the box. But the beauty of Philippe Coutinho is occasionally his are on <laughs> target, if, if not going into the upper 90. Yeah, I can't imagine right. owning Paul Pogba in this format. All right, so uh, let's give our listeners a few puzzle pieces to fill in their transfer strategy to hopefully maximize value before we sign off for this week's episode. So... Uh, let's talk about strikers and midfielders real quick, Stephen. So we're selling Zlatan. Who are we bringing in? We've got to bring in a cheaper striker, and then we have another puzzle piece. It's a midfielder. So I've got a, I've got a list of uh, premier uh, strikers that we can replace Zlatan with. Costa, even though he's one yellow card away from a suspension, this guy, his price is skyrocketing. He's still on form. And you're predicting that that Chelsea team has continued to do pretty well. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on him. I mean, my my only concern with him, all I mean, at the beginning of the season was whether or not he was going to start, and then also he's got hamstrings that are incredibly, uh, you know, fragile. Um, I mean, he that, looks like he's about not, 34. So he, both of those con- concerns are alleviated through the seven games. He started every game and played virtually every minute. Yeah, I mean. In this form, in a in the official game format where you can just sell him as soon as he gets injured, you're fine. I think yeah. I would buy. I, I mean, he is the guy that I would bring into over Zlatan. You get a million and a half in your bank, and he's going to actually so, score goals. So the 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 biggest comp though is Romelu Lukaku. You're saying bring in Costa over Lukaku? I mean, he, he's been more consistent certainly. Um, as yeah, even though Chelsea have not been, cons- I feel like Everton have been a little more consistent attacking wise than Chelsea have. However, Costa, despite having Eden Hazard on that team, is is the most consistent attacking player. Well, Costa has created a couple goals for his teammates, and he also, uh, I mean, he scored more goals than. Well, I don't know if he's yeah, he scored more goals than. Lukaku. Um, okay, so, so Ever- Everton's, Ever- Everton's been a better team overall, but Chelsea, it doesn't seem to affect Costa. Yeah, I think they both have mixed fixtures coming up. Everton, it's City coming in at uh, game week eight, and that's City away. That's not, well, I don't know. City doesn't have a defense to I, speak I play. I play form over fixtures every, yeah. t- every day of the week. 
I mean, Lukaku had a beauty of a free kick. Uh, oh, so, yeah. so there you go. So Everton has City away, Burnley away, West Ham, Chelsea, Swansea, Southampton compared to Chelsea, Leicester, United, Southampton, Everton, then to Middlesbrough, Spurs. Chelsea has a t- much tougher run than Everton. So if, if you're arguing form over fixtures, maybe you still go with Costa, but I, I think the fixtures show that Lukaku might get the nod. It depends on how much you want the cash. I mean, there's a there's what 0.6 million difference between the two. I think that if you want to try to spend that and and patch up your midfield a little bit and not get a huge drop off in your goals, I think Lukaku. But um, I think that uh, Costa is a is money better spent, especially if you're looking in terms of a Zlatan uh, replacement. Yeah. Speaking of money well spent, it's Troy Deeney, the famous Brazilian. <laughs> Watford have an amazing run the next three game weeks. Middlesbrough, Swansea, Hull City until they face Liverpool. So um, Deeney, great buy if you have the cash over the international break. Charlie Austin. So mm-hmm. you bought into the Southampton way, Stephen. So much. <laughs> well, I mean, so I saw an amazing presentation at BlazerCon last year <laughs> where they really sold me on the Southampton <laughs> way. So Austin becomes even more appealing that his form coincides with a dip in his price. So people have picked him up and dropped him. He's now down to 6.3 million, but now he's on form. So all you Negredo owners who are who who have been sleeping for the last 5 game weeks, it's time <laughs> to turn Negredo into Charlie Austin, no questions asked. Only the great Tradini can turn a uh, that, that's that. true that's <laughs> like the decision between Costa and Lukaku so is the decision between Dini and Austin and I have a couple of these because I was feeling a little bit Bell and Sebastian earlier today I have these this you're feeling sinister if you're feeling sinister uh Defoe and Rondon in with a shout if you want to have a, a punt a bit of a differential all right, so let's let's talk about mids real quick before we get out of God. I, we we have to get out of here, Stephen. We have to get out of here. I, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stephen's looking at me like he's being held prisoner. I just okay. really got to pee, is all. <laughs> all right, so which mids? Uh, if you're getting rid of Zlatan, who are you bringing in? Alexis is obviously uh, the mid you want, and his price is going to go up over the next two weeks. But if you can't afford Alexis, or maybe you can, and you want to try something else, who else do you go for? The guy I'm actually, like, I was putting together my spreadsheet last night in terms of what um, sales I wanted to make. Um, and Wait, you have a spreadsheet? Yeah, I, I've got, it's a, um, it's a Google sheet, not an Excel, so I don't know if you're... Not a lot to do there in Milwaukee, is there? <laughs> um, not when your profession revolves around fantasy Premier League. Um, it uh, the guy that I actually am really high on. I, I wanted to sell Antonio and Redmond and bring in uh, Chadley and Payet. Um, I know we had lots of jokes going around about um, the skills of passer badly, um, but Nasser Chadley is. Um, He's a goal scorer. He's going to take all of West Brom's penalties. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty high on that guy. I think he's a pretty good buy at like $6.4 million. Um, and Dimitri Payet also, you know, I mean, I know West Ham has been a major disappointment, and Payet is still pretty pricey at 9.4. And I feel like his price has not reflected um, – you know he hasn't fluctuated much in price, and I, right. I think that it's just because 
the absentee owners that are um, creating, a, um, you know, <laughs> the well, ghost, I mean, I just the ghost teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that they're preventing his price from going down. Um, his goal this week was unreal. It was, and, uh, um, I think Nick, Nick Cummings at the Transfer Hub website described it as every goal on FIFA that he's ever scored. Basically just <laughs> wow. run across the entire defense and cut across goal, and, and there you have it. And I, well, I, I love agree. That. It was a great FIFA goal. I love that Winston Reed got an assist on that. <laughs> I love Winston Reed. Winston Reed <laughs> what came, he, came huge for me during one of the big double game weeks last season. <laughs> He, I mean, all he did was like kick the ball to Dimitri Payet, who took Perfect. it at midfield. That's all it takes, Stephen. That's all it takes. <laughs> Rack up the um, BPS. Let's go, Winston. So I all think right. that you know he's he scored ten goals last year. He's only on one this year. Um, he had a couple game weeks in a row. Where he had a couple amazing assists. Um, I, I, he's an exciting player. He's fun to watch. He's got the fun factor, which is always great to have on yeah. your fantasy team. Um, well, you you so, and Josh both are still high on Payet. I remain skeptical. That West Ham team is in massive disarray. And at 9.4, even though he's a scorer of great goals, I'm not ready to take the plunge on Payet when you've got guys like Firmino or Mane or uh, Son in the mix. I I yeah. say save your money. That's um. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's it. Enough. That's that's that the the fun. Listen, I will never thumb my nose at the fun factor, and <laughs> also Piat Piat could become a really great differential if and when he hits a consistent vein of form, and yeah. at that point we'll all be clamoring by the time he's nine point eight. So so fair enough. That's it's sort of a it's it's. Uh, a betting, a bit of a betting market with Payet right now. Yeah. So if you're feeling sinister with, I mean, the obvious, the obvious ones are Alexis Walcott. Take your pick of Liverpool mids, Payet and Son. But the in the if you're feeling sinister category, yeah, <laughs> this is my favorite board game categories. It's James Milner. Me too. Great, great penal, great taker of penalty goals, James Milner. Uh, and one of the squarer heads that you'll ever see in the game. Uh, passer badly, and also Dusan Tadic. Let's not, you know, we we basically picked on every uh, position on Southampton. Sorry, Fraser Forster, we didn't get a chance to to mention you just yet. But Dusan Tadic could be one that could come good for you with uh, Southampton's semi. Yeah, I mean, he's fixture. he's as streaky a player as you're going to find, um, and he seems to have found his way a little bit. Um, the one concern that I think people should be thinking about um, a little bit is uh, Buffal, their um, their transfer um, from uh, where did he come from? He came from France. I know that. Um, okay, he's a he's a kind of a Mares type player. Um, he is going to be healthy after the international break. So, um, and he was a big, I mean, they spent a lot of money on him and he created, you know, a ton of chances last year. Um, You're telling me that Tadic is going to go back to his 50 minutes a, a game? I, I, I think schedule? he might. I honestly, I think he <laughs> might. I mean, he's incredibly frustrating. I, uh, I, yeah, it's uh, too bad. In Poch, we trust on Twitter says Ozil looking disinterested. Katie be gone. Sanchez overpriced. This is a man after your own heart, Stephen. He says, "Should I should I get Chadley?" I think yes. the resounding answer is yes. <laughs> no hesitation. Though I'm an Ozil owner, and I mean, as as we say time and time again, Ozil suffers from bad body language, and I think his body language does betray the player beneath. Like 
He had a he had a not good game against Burnley, but Burnley is not a team that a guy like Ozil is going to flourish against, and I'm not losing my faith in Ozil at all at this point. Awesome. I'll keep uh, gaining points on you in our league then. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'll have to watch, have to watch my back. I mean, you're quite a distance behind me at this point. Uh, but if you look at uh, our form recently, um, you know. Okay. And right. Actually, we, we play each other uh, game week eight. Oh, okay. God. Yeah. God. It's yep. starting, to get a little, starting to get a little hot <laughs> in here. All right. All right. So uh, last, I feel like we've, we've talked about other Watford ass- assets, but Jeremiah Johnson asks finally, so are you bringing in Holobos? Uh, two Kapue blanks, no need to sell yet, which I agree. Uh, and uh, the question, though, is Holobos. Holobos, a lot of people brought him in two game weeks ago, and he frustratingly, I think, ended up with zero points. But now he's coming off an assist. How do you like that Watford D? Um, I mean, we, we I, talked about know. them a little bit in that defense section. I mean, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a lock. It's not a serious lock, but uh, Holobos has enough attacking threat. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you know, he gets forward quite a bit. Um, they seem to be playing a little bit better. I mean, honestly, that's one where I would take fixtures over form. Um, they're kind of, I, I don't really know what to make of Watford. They seem to be a little bit herky-jerky. Um, yeah, I mean, they, have, they haven't kept a clean sheet the entire season. He, yeah. He got an assist uh, this game week. He scored a goal against West Ham in game week four. And that's all you can say about this guy. Watford is going to be a team that gets cremated by Burnley one week and beats United the next. So at your at your own risk, do you invest? Yeah, in I mean, he's cheap. You know, I mean, I guess there's worse ways to fill out your roster. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of worse ways to fill out your roster, I think I think we're, we finally finished this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to call it. We're not even going to ask. We're not going to find uh, find out uh, what we're going to be up to on the international break. Oh yeah, we got a nice question here from FPL Thunshot, our good friend Luke. He asks us uh, just apropos of not FPL, how will you both be spending your international break weekend? And then he says, also talk about Arsenal and Spurs. <laughs> always, <laughs> always talking about business. Luke okay. is. Um, so I think we answered the second part of that question, but so what do you have planned for the international breaks team? What do you do when you're not watching the Premier League? Are the Brewers in the playoffs at the moment? Uh, no, they are definitely not. Um, but I will probably watch some playoff baseball. Um, probably go to the farmer's market, uh, just do some <laughs> household man. household stuff. Um, last kind of couple weeks of the farmer's market in, uh, in the Midwest. So um, it's been a long time since I've actually been able to spend a weekend not watching, you know, 16 hours of Premier League, but I definitely will not be watching any international, uh, any World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, I I have to go visit the first official always cheating baby. Uh, so, oh, yes. So I'll, I'll pay my respects to Josh's baby. If you guys have messages, not for Josh, but specifically directed at Josh's baby, uh, do let us know. You can... You can find us on Twitter at HailCheaters, Facebook.com slash AlwaysCheating. Uh, we're not going to really preview Game Week 8 this week because we'll be back next week. I don't know if you're going to be here, Stephen, or maybe Josh will carve out some time or we'll, we'll have another guest. Well, I'm happy to be here if you'll have me. Um, I really I to, appreciate uh, the, the guest 
the guest spot. Um, you have to see how the ratings are, Stephen. <laughs> uh, before we sign off, though, uh, tell us where we can find you one last time. Uh, your your draft site, rotopremierleague.com. People can go yeah. there and they can... How do they start their own uh, league on Roto Premier League? Yeah, so it's Roto Premier League, R-O-T-O uh, Premier League, the traditional spelling, uh, .com, also the traditional spelling. Uh, yeah, you can start a league anytime you want, um, any time of the year. Um can set your league to as many weeks as you want. Um, you know, you can start a league of eight, ten, or twelve teams um, and have your draft um, in which you select players, that sort of thing. Just check out the site; um, should be pretty self-explanatory. Or shoot me an email, um, Stephen S T E P H E N at RotoPremierLeague.com if you got any questions. Uh, Twitter handles at RotoPL. Um, give us a follow. I don't really tweet all that much, but sometimes I find funny things that I retweet. When you do tweet, Stephen, it's gold. It's pure gold. <laughs> I will say for rotopremierleague.com, it is a beautifully designed, aesthetically pleasing site. So it's it's worth playing the draft league just for that. Um, <laughs> awesome. And it's cool. It, it's it's just another way to play the game, and it's it's awesome. I mean, the fact that you built it from the ground up is super impressive. So uh, yeah, I mean, the, all the the cheater community doffs their cap to you. Awesome. Yeah, we'd love to hear feedback from everybody. Obviously, it's a slightly different type of game, and um, but uh, you know, it's kind of more traditional fan- American style fantasy. So, America, it all comes back to Bra- Bob Bradley at the end of the day. <laughs> Bob so. Bradley endorses it. <laughs> all right, so that'll do it for me and Stephen. Remember to subscribe to Always Cheating. We're on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review. You don't have to write a review. Just click five stars because you know you love this podcast. It helps us out so much. You can also follow us on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn.com. And again, don't get don't forget to follow us at Hail Cheaters on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook.com slash always cheating. Email us at hailcheaters at gmail.com. And you can always join the Hail Cheaters Super League. We're at alwayscheating.com. Click the league tab and you're good to go. So Let's sign off, Stephen. I'll say to you, hail cheaters. Hashtag Mbukani forever. <laughs> now, now everyone sees how richly organic uh, our sign-off is when me and Josh are doing it. Stephen reading off in a monotone fashion. Mbukani is the He played this of- week. He played and he looked he looked great. He he looked better than Sam Vokes, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Embakani forever. Praise Embakani. Have mercy. Uh and uh happy fatherhood to Joshua. All right, talk to you guys next week. Bye jo- bye Steven. I almost called you Josh. Bye bye, Brandon. <laughs> Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.